All for one family on stage. Their first gig, The Cars. It didn't go in that we could actually be meeting our producer or that this could be a major record year for us. If you feel the emotion in every song, you give across the emotion of the song. You have been a wonderful audience and we will remember this. We will be back. When you're put in a situation where you have to perform, where you have to deliver, no matter what, something happens. That's why we're doing it. We're doing it because we love it. I thought I would do a special bonus episode. I was very touched to hear the story of a selection of fans meeting at a gig, um, which is something I really love and enjoy with my fandom, especially for this band, The Cause, because it's there's so many gigs I've been to down, down the years now and met people that I know are, are still friends for life. I, I talk to them regularly, and it's so lovely to hear that those other connections are being made and a community is formed again. And what better place to celebrate that than a podcast that I've wanted others to be on. And I guess I should introduce some, some new voices to the podcast today as we record, as we celebrate the cause first gig in five years and their first gig in Australia in just over 21. So I guess I will go left to right, no particular order other than that on my screen as I see you. The next voice you'll hear is Francisco. Hi, Francisco. Hey, hi. Well, uh, as you know, we are we're so happy about this to happen. I also get to know wonderful girls when you're on Rachel. That they make the, the whole gig to be much better than, than just being on myself. I really thank you, girls. I would say that, uh, well, I, I got to know the course on 2016. I got a meet and greet that was totally unexpected. I got a kiss from Andrea. I got a kiss from Karen. I got a kiss from Sharon. So I didn't wash my, my, my cheek for so long. So... I can tell you, yeah, this happens over here in Australia. In my case, I'm coming from Mexico. I flew all the way back just for that. It was a crazy, a crazy trip. And there's more than 13,000 kilometers away. Mm. So, well, but here we are because of the course. I mean, I hear them every day. They make, me, they make my life much better. The, the top word that they use is love. So what can I tell you? It was just so glad to be and to be able to have this experience. Oh, you're more than welcome. And uh, I can't wait to uh, hear more of, of that experience as we discuss further. Uh, the next voice you'll hear is Rachel. Hi, Simon. I'm Rachel. I come from Melbourne, Australia. And uh, it was just the best to be back at the concert of the weekend. I can't, I, I'm struggling to put it into words about how fantastic the whole weekend was it was just for me it was a dream come true I've been following the course since 96 when Runaway was first released in Australia so I was about 10 so very very young but just I just haven't stopped loving them since I just have never found another band that really compares and really speaks to me like they do so it's just been such a special experience for me seeing them perform again after such a long time and I, the last time I was able to see them was 2016 at the Belfast Bell Sonic gig and that was incredible also so I guess for me just being so far away in Australia it's just been my dream to have them come closer to home and just make it that much easier for me to be able to be there and just be part of it all part of it all again because it's just such an amazing experience being there and being with I think being with other people that feel the same way is just also such a special experience to me and I think mm. both um, this weekend and the previous concert that I went to in 16 uh, the people that I met you know last time we had to wait all day in the queue to get into Belsonic and it was 
that day just waiting in a queue it sounds so boring to anyone else but I really had the best day meeting you know so many different people um, in that queue that just felt so passionate and excited like I was and to me that was really special because these are people that I still talk to every day online and it's just been this you know it's to me it's just it's more than just the music it's been you know become these friendships that have been you know now part of life and I think that's just so special to bring it all together and then to have the excitement of the concert and everything on top it's just been wonderful and you said that you didn't know how you might put that into words like wow (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad with words but it's um yeah it's I can't describe the the feeling of of what it was like to be there on the weekend it was just so exciting and I think I was almost I was nervous for myself as to how it was going to go because, you know, mm. there's a lot of anticipation leading up to something like this. But I think I just I just really wanted it to go well for them. I just really wanted the, yeah. the audience to really, like, receive them well and be excited and just I just really wanted it to go well, as everyone did, I'm sure. But I just had this real feeling that I just wanted it to, to be a success because I knew that if it, if it was maybe there'll be more of this, mm-hmm. which it sounds like there is going to be, which is brilliant. But um, it was just, yeah, that feeling of wanting it to just really go well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool, thank you. Um, and obviously another new voice to the podcast because we've never had anybody else on that's a fan. Um, but Wendy, hi. Hello, I'm Wendy. I'm from Brisbane in Australia and I flew down um for this amazing gig I'm still glowing (laughs) um so like Rachel I think I became a fan in about 1996 when I first heard their music um it was a bit of more of a slow burn for me because I was quite young obviously and and to to really get into the music but I remember listening to the given not forgotten at home I think one of my brothers had it and um one of my brothers also had talk on corners so I ended up taking ownership of that let's say (laughs) um and then really got into them probably late teens. And they had done a concert here in Brisbane in 2001, but I, I didn't make it to that. It was like a Goodwill Games. It was like a sport, sporting kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then, you know, they never came back to Australia after that. So I didn't quite know what to expect live. I've watched Lansdowne Road and the Royal Albert Hall performance over and over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, yeah, I wasn't expecting the size of the crowd that was there. And I've never been to like a big outdoor performance like that. So it was all very new. Um, and they were just so good. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, yeah, probably one of the best weekends of my life. <laughs> wow. Well, that's great for me to not only hear, um, kind of reflect back. I didn't go, which is I'm the odd one out in this selection. <laughs> um, but it's so great to to hear that that was your first experience of a stadium type gig as well with, with, mm. with, you know, when you've watched a stadium type gig, but to actually be in the atmosphere of that crowd of thousands of people, thousands and thousands mm. of people that know the lyrics are there for a great time and wishing the band well, nothing can go wrong. Right. And then you've got all the extras that I'm sure we'll go into now with the drones and great set list um, and et cetera. And then obviously meeting new fans and friends Um that you'll now hopefully have for life. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, that's so nice to hear. And uh, it comes across really well. I wish you could have been there, Simon. It was just the best. I, for me personally, I, 
I would have loved it. Um, for me personally, as soon as uh, I saw that tickets were announced through um, an Instagram post, I was like, okay, is this real? This is Ooh. very strange. I, I was There was a the moment of disbelief, really, especially when I, I've been working on the cause cast for about two and a half years, and there's, there hasn't been any real band live gigs-ish. Um, pandemics and and Sharon Kaur's solo stuff um, permitting, but um, mm-hmm. it was it was very strange to suddenly suddenly see that in front of me as an opportunity. I, I looked it up, um, I priced it up, and the just decided that I would need to do the meet and greet as well. The meet and greet wasn't close to the to the actual venue, and then there be might be logistical issues with that. And it worked out that I would be spending not only the time off work, but probably three and a half to four thousand pounds to do a mm. ninety-minute set. And um, and I'm like, I yes, I went to the Royal Albert Hall gig, um, and spent a lot of money to do that and the seats I got. But I just felt this gig was for the Australian fans, mm. you know, and and it was touted as that, and it was the you know one night only for Australia. And all the publicity was that they hadn't been there for so long and that Australia could give them such a a warm home welcome. And I thought, yeah, then let's leave it for the Australian fans. And then if this goes well, as we all hoped, like Rachel said, um, then then maybe more will come. And then that seems to be the case going forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it it wasn't for want. It was what should what should I best do with my money? And the band don't want me to spend three and a half grand flying to Australia to see them for an hour and a half set. They don't want that. They want me to spend probably a little less money and see them repeated times. Maybe I don't know. Um, but I just thought, yeah. And it, it was very hard because I, I did all the logistics and I saw the flight costs and, and I just decided, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to sit this one out. And obviously now I'm wishing I hadn't, <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm living vicariously through through you guys, so <laughs> that that'll be the fun of it. But you have seen them before, so that I think I think for us, you know, it's we. If you live in the UK, mm-hmm. it's much easier to see them right. perform every now and then. Yeah. Um, for for me, you know, like it, it I I wasn't sure whether I wanted to spend all the money, but I thought it's actually cheaper than flying to Ireland <laughs> or England. Um. It took me a little while to decide whether or not I was going to fly down because again, it was, you know, it wasn't in a stadium in Sydney or Melbourne. It was out. It wasn't even a main city. It was out in the out West um, or West of Newcastle. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I couldn't picture where it was and I thought, Oh, this is just in Sydney. And I posted on the boards uh, on the core board. Oh, it's a, there's a gig in Sydney and people are like, no, no, this, this isn't in Sydney. And I'm like, Oh, and I really yeah. yeah so like you're saying it was a bit of a log- logistical issue um and so I ended up ringing up the coach company because there was a coach that went from Newcastle to the to the venue and but there wasn't information on the website for example like when they leave <laughs> so mm. I rang up the coach company saying and they said you know just half an hour after the concert we'll we'll head back um because it was a, a 30 or 40 minute drive um by coach um yeah, so a lot of factors went into it. So I don't blame someone from the other side of the planet not coming out for that because it it even just for me it was very stressful. Um, yeah. 
But once I got to the winery and looked around and saw how beautiful it was and I'd, I'd made it and I did like shed a couple of tears because it was like, ah, it all, it's all worked out now. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, I just felt like this is exactly where I should be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's great. That's really nice that you had that kind of like, yep, I, we, I've done it. I've done this for me. Now I can just relax. I'm in the right place. They're coming to me now. So let's do it. Yeah. yeah, the logistics that didn't make it easy. Um, how about you, Rachel? Was was it a um was there no question? You were you were just like you saw the tickets, buy them, let, let's do this. Absolutely. When I saw I saw the Instagram post one morning when I just got up, you know, normal normal morning for me getting up with the two kids craziness all around mm-hmm. have my coffee you know log on have a look see what's happened overnight and when I saw the announcement I just I literally couldn't believe it I I thought someone was playing a joke on me because everyone who knows me well knows me knows that this would be my dream come true and literally I thought someone was playing a joke on me because I thought, you know, after five years or six years it's been since the last gig, mm-hmm. I thought, what are the chances that they would suddenly announce and then it would be in Australia? I just thought that was too good to be true. I just couldn't imagine that that could be right. So I was kind of in shock and I was saying to my husband, is this, is, is someone playing a joke? This is crazy. No, it's, this, has, this can't be real. <laughs> I was just in shock. And Basically, it just made me so excited. The idea of having this gig to look forward to and everything, it just suddenly became like, oh, this is so good and so exciting that, you know, something something was on the horizon. And to me, like, that was just the greatest thing for ages that's happened to me. So I was just thinking, oh, this is so exciting. So for me, there was no question about um, booking straight away. And like Wendy said, it was a bit of a logistical effort trying to make it happen because the meet and greet and um, the Hunter Valley, you know, there was some distance between and sort of working out how it was going to work, you know, between the following day, getting between the two venues and so forth. Um, But there was no question that I was going to make it work. (laughs) And and, um, in the end, I was, I just came on my own in the end and, left my husband and kids behind and it was just for me that was also part of the experience because it was just something totally for me to Mm. to enjoy and I didn't have to worry about anyone else for that weekend which is quite unusual to my usual day-to-day life that I'm looking after two little ones so for me just to be able to go there and just be completely self-indulgent and do everything that I wanted to do was a real uh, package. It sounds it sounds like you were fulfilled and it sounds fulfilling. So that's was, what more could you want? Yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh Francisco, obviously you've you've traveled from from Mexico, as you've said, which is an amazing feat and what well, a testament to your fandom. Brilliant. Well done. Big round of applause from, from everyone. Thank here. you for that. Yeah, that that's the the kind of cause fan and cause heart that I I see a lot online, and it's it's lovely to see somebody from your nation be represented all the way in Australia as a fan, and and obviously on the podcast here, it's lovely. Right. Was it was it a right? I'm I'm now gonna I'm now gonna buy a ticket immediately, or did you think? Did you even consider like holding off before pulling that trigger, or was it just I'm going? Yeah. I think I got the uh, I got that decision on the Royal Travel Hall, the 2017. I was really, really I really doubted, but for this one, it was 
just straight. And there was probably one sentence that made me make the decision like right away. The one that says one night only. I mean, after five years, you get one night only. I mean, that only makes everything just to be really easy to decide. And I said, I mean, there's no way I can miss that. The other thing is right now I'm staying at the hostel where my sister stayed 12 years ago when she came to study to Australia. So she, she became a, a course fan because of me. I mean, she heard about Andrea and Shara, Caroline, Jim. And she was so happy for me to come over here that she said to me, hey, I'm gonna pay half of your ticket, but you need to go for sure. So she paid half of my ticket from over here. Uh, I'm really, it's Carolina, Carolina is my sister. Uh, she's really happy for me just being around. And here we are, I can tell you probably great experience that we have over here. I wasn't expecting what happened. It happens too many things during the concert, during the meet and greet. I met these girls, Rachel became an angel. As you said, it was really, really hard for us to move around. To be honest, she asked me, hey, how are you going to go to Hunter Valley? And I said, no, um, there should be a bus or something. I was pretty surprised the day after the concert that there is no way to move it all around. I, I get to rent a car over there because I mean, I walk like for five kilometers to get into the into the rental car. There's no buses, there's nothing over there. So, I mean, it's a beautiful place, but there is nothing around. I mean, there's a lot of fields, there's a lot of bean areas, but you need to, I mean, Definitely, I got an angel, Rachel, thanks again. <laughs> and and to be able to talk with her from the way from Sydney to Hunter Valley, to, I mean, we were listening of the course for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we were, we were just hanging around, just having great fun. And we were so happy. I mean, you can feel that energy. You can feel that magic on, on, on the air. And believe me, I enjoy it so much. We are gonna, uh, I came to with some details, but yeah, the meet and create and the concert, I would say, Probably it's something that is gonna I'm gonna keep on my heart, uh, and it's gonna be there forever. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. Honestly, that's just because it's I I've I've definitely used cause gigs for an excuse to see the world in the past. You know, and when it's a world tour and stuff, and you're like, oh, I I could buy a ticket to that, and then you realize you've got a ticket to this gig, and you're like, I've never been to even the country, let alone know where this is in the country, but I've got a ticket, and I know other people are gonna go to the gigs before and after. So I'm going to find a way there. And it's those moments of exploration and travel mixed with music and a love for a band that you have, have had for years. It just, yeah, that synergy comes together. And um, yeah, that's where those memories are made, right? Yeah, definitely. The gig itself was, was sold in two elements. There was a meet and greet with a question and answer session, as well as the actual concert itself. And as you've already alluded to, uh, Francisco, and Rachel and Wendy, the logistics of getting one to the other seem difficult and look difficult. Um, but you're you all went to to both, which is lovely. And I know there was um, so to begin to with some apprehension of whether or not you would go to the Q and A, Wendy. Do you want to fill us in on that? Yeah. So I made the decision to go to the Q and A. I think it was the Monday of that week, wow. and I spent the whole weekend stressing about it because I'm not the usual sort of fan of other musicians like I, I don't get into the merch I you know I, I don't spend frivolous, frivolously um mm. but the cause are really special to me and I especially living on this side of the planet and I think in my head when I was a teenager like you you look at people around you to see who you want to be like mm -hmm. um and I just loved both the music of the cause and the way they sort of saw the world 
um, with imagination, but you know, they have great senses of humor. And I love the way Andrea dresses. <laughs> Rachel and I have talked about this too. <laughs> um, so I think I'll, I sort of modeled a lot of my identity a little bit on them. Um, also because I live in Queensland in Australia, which is a very sunny sports focused kind of state. And I have, you know, English and Scottish heritage way, way, way back. Nice. Um, which a lot, of, I think a lot of Australians connect with Celtic music because of that background. So yeah, for all these different reasons, they just, I just really connected with them. And so when it came to the meet and greet, I thought I just really wanted to do it. I just really wanted to meet them, um, to, you know, to make them human, even just, yeah, yeah. not just these imaginary figures that I listen to all the time. Um, so yeah, I finally made the decision, I think on the Monday and then, um, I don't regret it. <laughs> Glad to hear. Glad to hear it. Because um, the the tickets weren't particularly cheap, were they? Can you remind me how much they were? Five hundred and fifty. Yeah, hundred and fifty dollars. Oh wow. Yeah, but I justified it in the way that I'd rather go to that than say five other concerts of musicians I only half like. Mm. Um, and I'm willing to, you know not spend frivolously in other areas of life because that meant a lot to me so yeah brilliant brilliant you can justify it. a little early christmas present to yourself maybe <laughs> yeah i or worked it out <laughs> given i've been a fan for about 26 years i've worked out it was like 21 dollars a year <laughs> that's a membership i would pay to to do a great q a with them that would be yeah yeah that would be definitely money well spent yeah so the thing that really made it worth it for me was the meet and greet, which was very, very fast, but I ran and stood next to Andrea and we got our photo taken. And then I just blurted out, this is the best day of my life. And then I felt like I had to justify it and said, well, this year, cause I didn't want to sound too pathetic. <laughs> um, and then she just gave me like this big warm smile, like this, with this really warm, compassionate look and said, thank you. And sort of like brushed my arm as I walked away. And I just, wasn't expecting her to be so genuine and mm. it was like a tiny little smidgen of a moment but I won't forget that and and that just meant the world to me yeah that's there's no money you can put on the ability to have that that even slight connection and realize that some of your musical heroes are are human and real and have mm. sensibilities that you you wish them to have and they're they're proving that when you actually interact with them nothing's better right nothing's better yeah Rachel, can you set the picture of the Q&A for us? Because in my mind, there's obviously, they're, they're there, they're at the front. There's a photo opportunity element. Can you walk us through the whole Q&A? Obviously, you've you've got there. And have you got there with, with Wendy and Francisco? Or tell, tell, tell us more. How did that work? Okay. So basically what happened was it was, it was held at the Evolo Hotel in a quite a bit it wasn't a huge room but it was you walked in and there was a small stage with four chairs sitting there so you knew exactly what was going to happen and then an audience style set up with the chairs in the rows um I tried to get there sort of right on opening time because I knew that the chairs would feel pretty quick um so by the time I got there I was able to get a, a row in a second row seat um I think there were a few reserved in the front Francisco was very front so he was lucky um so basically the first thing I did was just people were already sitting down so I the first thing I did is just started to break the ice and talk to people around me because I think these sort of environments are always 
to me more exciting when you share it with the people around you you know you, you yeah. sort of make that connection with the people sitting beside you and instantly it becomes like you feel you feel comfortable to have show that excitement show that excitement when the people around you are aware of you know you being happy to be there if that makes sense so complete sense complete sense yeah so it's basically just you know hi how are you where have you come from today this is so exciting and it actually worked out really well because as part of the meet and greet um it also included some food and drinks and I found this actually a good way because everyone was waiting you know an hour or more for the course to come uh we ended up minding each other's seats while we went and got drinks and came back so it actually worked out quite well because it wasn't just you know sitting holding your seat waiting for that moment for them to come out it was you know making friends you know enjoying being there in the environment and just um yeah starting to have a good time already before they even come out so that was pretty pretty cool to start with and uh I guess as the time was approaching that they were coming out they were doing lots of you know audio testing making sure that the microphones were all working and a few people sort of trying to excite the crowd and things like that (laughs) and then yeah the big moment came and they walked through from behind the curtain and came up onto the stage and they got a huge roar of applause and everyone was super excited of course and Basically, they just took their seats and uh, Richard Wilkins, who's, you know, an Australian interviewer in the, you know, social scene, he he was conducting the night and he was um, he was quite good at making them feel at ease. I think he, you know, posed some, you know, humorous questions that sort of broke the ice and sort of made them feel comfortable straight away. And, um, yeah, basically just sort of got straight into the interview of, yeah, it was some interesting questions. Then they had the the audience questions following up after that. And prior to the questions, they asked if anyone had any questions to pop them into a, to write them down. And I think this was their way of, you know, know, vetoing the questions a little bit, which is to be expected, I think, for something like that. Yeah. And then during, during that opportunity, uh, they, they chose questions and then whoever asked them got a chance to ask them personally, and then they responded accordingly. So I think the whole setup worked very well um I was really happy with how it went and I was I loved the questions and the answers that they gave they were you know very um I feel like it was really personal like the questions the way they answered the questions was really personal it was not just a formulae answer it was you know bringing history into things and their own opinions about things so I thought that was really nice just having different questions that you see um rather than the questions that you know are constantly asked so for me, it was nice to have those questions that, you know, were a bit different than the standard um, questions that are usually asked in that situation. I guess it's, um, and it's questions that people have in part paid 550 to ask, right? So you, you, you're you not going to, hopefully not going to be sort of a throwaway question or something, you know, you, you yeah. really have got time and investment to, to say something that you want to say, as well as hopefully get something back. On a question asked but the 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 whole q a you'd say it was around probably about half an hour or no even a bit more i'd say maybe okay now 45 45 minutes lovely but it, it was good it didn't it actually felt good it didn't feel rushed they weren't you know rushing through questions and it i think it gave people time to feel like they could ask those questions and they you know whenever someone asked the question, they weren't hurried through as they were given the opportunity to really ask it. And for then the course to respond, it was, you know, 
we waited for the right response and everything. It wasn't, you know, next, 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 which was, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought it was run really well. And um, I could have sat there for hours listening to things that they had to say, but obviously can't go forever. It's, it's lovely to know that it, it wasn't rushed, as you said, and that, yeah, there was care and attention. Hopefully that's the start of things to come in the future and that more more official meet and greets and Q&A sections because of how successful it was. And, and I can hear the, the fan response now. Um, hopefully more, more again in the future because there is a hungry audience wanting to know the answers to how this band got from seemingly a back bedroom to, you know, international stardom and fame and playing huge giant concerts you know there's there's a huge wealth of um 30 years of history there that that we can pick through and and ask and we've got queries on and uh, we've all got queries for our our favorite songs because they obviously mean something that attaches to some part of our lives and yeah so hopefully more in the future that would be incredible um francisco you you went to the q a um tell me i hear rumors of some flowers T- tell us how that and obviously yeah. you said that you had a, a front seat so front row seat so congratulations right. on scoring that how did the q a go for you how did you feel it it went well i i can tell you i'm quite sure i was the luckiest guy tonight for sure i mean not that about it uh, this is what happened basically uh, and let me start with the with the sad news we all received an email the day prior to the to the million grids uh, from the world entertainment saying that uh, because of healthy and all stuff signatures autographs books or any kind of, of physical contact will not be allowed okay so i was thought about that I, I flew all the way from mexico with just my carry-on but on that carry-on i got the, the vinyl i got the book from andrea i got a lot of stuff that i wanted to be signed and they they were saying it's not going to be allowed so i was a little sad about that but i, we, I just keep going uh, i thought uh, on the on the way to the country i'm gonna buy some flowers for the girls probably I, I can get the opportunity indeed on 2017 i got the opportunity to give some flowers to sharon Corrad at dublin but i said probably I, I, I got the chance and i get two hours prior the 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 meet and greet and i stand right there at the door they thought i was working for them so I wasn't, of course. So I, I just stay there. That's how I get into the, into the front line. Probably the best seat right in front of Andrea. And they will start asking. I wrote probably more than 10 questions. None of them gone through, but it doesn't matter. Uh, at the end, when Richard Oops. was saying thanks to the girls and to Jim, uh, I saw only a scream. Uh, well, I, I, I just say, hey, Richard, may I give the flowers? May I give the flowers to the girls? And he was about to answer when Sharon asked us a question by herself. And she said, you can always give girls to, to a girl. I mean, you can always. But Richard said, okay, go ahead. I mean, he asked me, do you got diamonds? And I said, no, it's the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can go ahead. So because of the message, uh, I just give the flowers first to, to Caroline. No, it was first to Sharon. Then I give a really nice, a really nice color to Jim. I mean, not to the girls, not only to the girls. I also give to him. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Caroline, and by the time I came with Andrea, I just give the flowers to her, and she pulled me back, and she gave me a kiss. And I was like, I mean, that wasn't supposed to happen. I didn't even try. You can, you can see the video. I didn't try to do it. <laughs> we have she evidence. just pulled me back, and she gave me a kiss. So how can I tell you? That's why I'm not telling this guy. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was really, really cool. 
So I, I just went back and by the time we took the photographs, uh, there is a photo that I just already posted on my Instagram where Andrea is just turning her face to me while taking the photographs. And she said, hey, thank you so much for the flowers. I love them so much. To be that kind of, in there, and she gave me another kiss. So I got twice, I got two kisses that night from Andrea. It was, it was something really, really incredible. So definitely I would say the luckiest guy that night. Yeah. Uh, and it was so cool. That's, that's wonderful. Oh, wow. Um, incredible, incredible. I love how uh, opportunistic you are. There's definitely a little something of how I would approach a meet and greet as well regarding getting there two hours early. If I could be there at the crack of dawn, I would have been there at crack of dawn just to be, you know, not only talk with those that are hopefully around me waiting outside as well, but um, to to grasp any opportunity I could to hopefully get that that front row so that there's not an obscured view or, you know, it's great. Great work. Wonderful work. Um, and I'm glad it it paid off um and that it was so generously received by them that's really kind really kind so there's a Q&A does anybody have any standout questions from the Q&A that they'd like to share because I'm really curious about what people did ask and what did get answered so I got to ask the question which I was not expecting but um I learned to learn to write songs by analyzing the core songs mm -hmm. and so I on my question it was something along the lines of can you tell us about your favorite songwriting strategies? Um, and so I asked that question and I can't entirely remember the answers because I, I was also in a little bit of shock that, that they asked my question. Um, and I think Andrew and Caroline said they'll start with chords and maybe, you know, drums or, or you know, percussion. And then Andrew made a joke about how, then they'll sort of sing gobbledygook over it and then later change those words. And then she made some little joke as though her words are sometimes still gobbledygook, but it's not. And then I continued on with that because I wanted to talk about how what's quite unique about the core songs is that it has that little dance between major and minor that, you know, happy and sad. Mm. Um, so I, I said to Sharon, you know, you've talked about this a little bit in interviews. Um, and Sharon said, well, you know, that's life. It's It's neither happy or sad. And she also talked about not putting like a mythology onto songwriting. Mm. Um, and again, they, they did talk more on it, but <laughs> I was in shock. And then Richard Wilkins said, great question or good question, which I now have a newfound respect for him. Um, <laughs> and he said, he continued on the question and he said, yeah, because, you know, at the end of Runaway, there's that melody line that changes that note. And um, he asked them about that and he said, whose idea was that? And the girls all said, Jim. And to be honest, I can't quite remember what they said after that. The other, you know, um, Rachel or Francisco might remember, but that was really cool to to finally hear who had come up with that idea. Yeah, that's nice. Really nice. Because there was, there's elemental changes that when I spoke to David Reitzis, he, he suggested that he'd had some hand in, um, which was great to hear how that song developed at a studio level with, with or without them. Um, but great to get it from all the horses mouths as they say um to, mm. to actually get that clarified and it is a great question um and we only want to know more about how that was developed and how those songs came about right does anybody yeah. uh rachel or francisco do you um remember any more from the answer to that question because you were less dazed or yes i i there's one question that i remember that it, it was really important and as soon as i hear that question i said i want to know the answer for sure so there was one guy that asked, 
what's your favorite song? So I said, yeah, yeah. You know, what's your favorite song? Ask the chords. Uh, I was really focused on Andrea and Andrea got like right away and she said, run away. And run away, it's Andrea's favorite song. I perfectly understand why. Indeed, the, the, it was the, the, the song that they, uh, they closed with three songs. They run away, breathless, and then thousands of theaters. So yeah, and, and, and the, the, the run away, I mean, obviously it's, it's a lovely song. It's a great song. It's a song that starts with fame, but it ended up saying that, yeah, I want to run away with you. So, so it's, it's a really, really good one. And I really, I, I don't remember, probably you, Rachel, or, or when you can remember, the, the Caroline and, and Sharon Sanzos. So, so further to what Francisco was saying about Andrea loving Runaway, um, I really love she elaborated on that a little bit more about how special it was because it, it encapsulated all their firsts. It was, you know, the first mm -hmm. hit, the first time they did a video clip, their first, um, you know, the first song that everyone really responded to. And to I guess for her that was just showing how special it was because of that, what it meant for them because it was everything yeah. they they came from to who they are now is just encapsulated everything I think into that first hit yeah. and I think that's why that particularly um was so special to her as well which was really nice to hear and Caroline she said her favorite was only when I sleep um I think because for her she said that had you know a bit of everything in that song like a bit of you know different styles but it just really captured who they were so I mm. thought that was really cool and um, a couple of other questions that I liked hearing someone asked someone asked what uh, what their children what their favorite songs are of theirs which I thought oh that's interesting and you know that's not the sort of question you usually hear in an interview and Sharon responded with, uh, my daughter likes Eminem. <laughs> so I thought that was quite funny. That's great. <laughs> Not quite the answer we were expecting either, but. Yeah. So I thought that was quite quite a funny response because I, I just thought she would, you know, come up with something of their own. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that question, I think they asked Andrea first and I think she said her son likes Runaway, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And that her daughter wasn't quite sure what to think. Um, and, yeah, it was really funny when Sharon said, well, my daughter likes Eminem. <laughs> and then Caroline said, mine too. <laughs> Jim spoke a little bit about how his son, uh, he he liked music, but he wasn't, you know, getting into music. I think someone asked, are any of the children following in their parents' footsteps? I think, was that right, guys? And yeah. I think... I think Jim said, you know, he likes music, but he's he's into he's learning to be a pilot. He wants to be a commercial pilot, Brandon. Mm. Yeah, that time I asked if helicopters because Jim Jim is a, a helicopter pilot, but she said, no, 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 commercial commercial pilot. Yeah, nice. And there was one thing that they also they also answered on that question because it's they they explained the experience that they had at the Royal Albert Hall in 2017 where they came, uh, it, it was Sharon saying that, they came with their, with their kids and their kids were like all surprised, like, hey, mom, what's going on? Uh, how is all, all these people, why are they coming here to, to see what? Uh, and the, the kid didn't realize that the famous guys were their, their dads, their, their, their moms and, and their dad. So they were like, hey, mom, are, they, are these people really here to hear you? Like, really? So they figured out it was, it was kind of fun. 
Yeah, I've heard I've heard similar that and can attest attest to that a little bit myself. I remember um some of their children uh at the time after the gig at the Royal Albert Hall. They seemed to be in awe of just the buzz that have, that was going on. And it was, yeah, it was it, I could definitely see that in their faces and their experience. They were just sort of talking to mum and dad and then looking around and being like, what are all these people? Why are you signing these things? What's there's hair, there's makeup, there's what? What is all of this? And I think that's a great testament to their parenting that they haven't oversaturated them with, oh, I'm this, this is it. This is, you know, it's it's been um, innocently kind of, that innocent curiosity has come out in them instead. And hopefully that'll continue for years to come. Um, yeah, that's, that's so fun to hear that. It's cool. Well, on that, Sharon made a really funny comment that, you know, to her kids, she's just basically like a slave to them. <laughs> and, and, you know, she got a massive laughter and a uh, massive audience laugh at that point. Um, but, you know, she said her kids just see her, you know, cooking and that sort of thing. And, um, <laughs> and so they were shocked when they saw her up on stage. Yeah, that, that's that's so different from that provider role and that that supportive role to that creative role. I, I can imagine as a mother, it can be very difficult at times to be creative in your support of your children. Um, but it must come out. It must come out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I picked up in Newcastle, I picked up a magazine um, at the local tourist shop and I d- which had an interview with the cause. And I'm not sure if it's been shared on online yet, so I'll have to scan it. But in that, Sharon said, you know, it's so her kids are 15 and 16 and they're going through school. And she said, it's really hard to, to be really present as a mum and also be really present as a performer because she needs mm-hmm. that silence. So, you know, that's why she only came out for four days or so. Um, so, she, you know, she doesn't want to do either one half-heartedly, which, which is really res- respectable. Yeah. That must be a real tricky balance a real tricky balance. Another good answer that was along the lines of your favorite song. I think someone asked, I think the question might may have been what's your favorite song or what's your least favorite song or it could have been a different question about video clips but they talked about breathless the video clip and they have talked in the past about how they got heat stroke and had to be taken to hospital but what they added was they said Australians probably know this that if if you get you know really hot and sweaty you have to drink electrolytes to replace those and they didn't know that and so I I can't remember what they said they were drinking but it was it was not sufficient enough and um, so Andrea said like her face puffed up and she said she recognizes that in herself now when she watches it back. And, um, <laughs> and they said, you know, they flew all this way to film this video clip in the desert and ended up in hospital. And then the next day they shot it on green screen. They didn't really <laughs> fly all the way to the desert. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's great to have that little, those little extra insights that aren't edited and that, that, We've heard previous interviews on on the same subjects, but there's those little details that are coming out all these years later because they're just free to chat. It's not like a PR stunt. This is just, oh, we're just chatting in a room. So, oh, that's great. Exactly. Uh, exactly on the same, the same answer. They said, hey, at the end, and that was something that Sharon said, at the end, we just finalized the, the, the video clip on the studio with the green, with the green shadow. And that's it. <laughs> so all the thing was necessary at all. It wasn't necessary at all. But yeah, it, it was definitely a, an experience that they share. And they said, okay, it works that way. Yeah, I guess it's it's all part of that that promotion life. You've just got to roll with the punches and the end products out, whatever whatever it takes. And if it means it's it's a low budget green screen to fill in the gaps, then I guess 
they're already busy doing radio promotion here and tour to TV show here to actual show here. So they just they run with that machine. I'm sure yeah, it must be tricky. It must be tricky looking back and being like, oh, if only we did this and we did that, even knowing they were exhausted at the time anyway, must be so tricky. Just before I forget, there was a question about runaway. So a man had, I think he said he'd driven three days from South Australia and he got up there and he asked, is runaway in three, four or six, eight? Because in, in this printed book, it says three, four, but then Caroline counts it like one, two, three, four, five, six. And Caroline said six, eight. I think if we tried to do it in three, four, it would, it would fall apart. <laughs> That's quite a drive to get that answer, but um, oh, I'm glad it was <laughs> succinct. There was no hesitation. That's great. Yeah. There was some, just one more question that I thought I'd share with you. Um, I try and put this best into words because it was my understanding of what happened, but a girl behind me, Sarah, she came, she was local from Sydney or Hunter Valley, I think, but her story was that she, in 1997, she had an opportunity to be on a TV show or something like that. And she actually showed me on YouTube the video of her all these years ago. She was in a little small hall with, I think it was a presenter. What's her name? Scylla Black. It was Scylla Black. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, 97. Yes. Yeah. So being Australian, I don't really know exactly what that's all about. But from from my understanding, she had this show where um, this woman, Sarah, went with her mom and her sister into this hall and they were singing Runaway or something like that. And two minutes later, the curtains opened and the chorus were really there performing. And she apparently they spent the whole afternoon on the harbour and having lunch and the best time and so forth. And the video was fantastic that she showed me from YouTube. Um, but she was able to ask the question, um, do you remember this moment in 1997? And, wow. and, and they said, yes, yes, we do. We do remember. And I think for a fan to hear that they remember that special experience as well, I think that was a great moment. And Andrea elaborated on the fact that she remembered because she said, oh, it wasn't that long ago. I saw Stella Black at a party and I went up to her and said, surprise, surprise. And apparently wow. she just looked blankly back at her like, uh, yeah who are you <laughs> so it was a great moment that um obviously Andrea had remembered that moment with a fan but she she was really showing that she really had remembered it by bringing mm. this new story which I thought was great wow yeah that's um that's such a cool video that YouTube video um that, that footage is is so lovely and innocent you can see all those fans there and I've always wondered oh I wonder if those fans are fans today I wonder I wonder if any of those have um, images or pictures they took with the band or items they got signed at the time that we'd be able to see. And uh, now you've got a contact with somebody that was actually was, there. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, and That's she was... Mind-blowing. When, was so cool. It was a really cool moment yeah. because, like, you know, you know just how special those sort of things are because, you know, when you meet someone famous or something, you know, you'll always remember, like it's it's you know like everyone meeting the queen they those people always remember that moment but you know for the celebrity or whoever you know it's they they wouldn't necessarily remember that moment but for everyone else like that's such a big deal so being you know showing that that was a special moment in her life back you know more than 20 years ago and then knowing that that was still remembered I think that was really special to hear that what a great question what a really, really great question. It's bringing out 
fandom from decades ago that we all yeah. know that video we all wish we were in that hall and being just as surprised as those those people exactly. from 1997 um but oh wow it's what a great story what a great story so the way the q a was set out um richard wilkins at the start asked them a bunch of um fairly standard questions and then then they got to the got to the audience questions and it was really good to hear a few different questions and after mine it was really nice because I had about five people come up to me and said oh that was a good question thanks for asking that um you know a lot of musician types who were who were glad that people did ask um music making questions Mm. um though (laughs) I think it was that same lady that was in that Scylla Black video I think she like tried to ask Jim out is that what happened no, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same girl. It was because um, Sarah was behind me. She was the one from the Stella Black, but then it was a girl sitting next to me. Um, she said something along the lines of, I used to have a crush on you when I was 16, Jim, and can we make that dream realise tonight or something like that? Wow. <laughs> and then I think he just, uh, he looked, you know, a bit like, oh, I don't know if I can answer that or something like that. Cool, cool. Non-committal but polite. Did it go something like that? Yeah, something like that. And then the funny thing was that she had already, I think, written that question down. And so when that question was was brought up on paper, um, I think Richard Wilkins couldn't read it. So he gave it to Andrea and then Andrea started reading it out. And then and then she laughed because it was like she was like, oh, this is funny coming from me because it sounded like she was then asking out Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she cracked up laughing. Uh, cracked up laughing. Um, we've forgotten that Andrea spoke French. Yes. Someone asked the question oh, in oh, French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Uh, yeah. That was amazing because she, she got this card that, that Richard can't can read it. And she said, hey, Andrea, can you, you know, can you read it? And she got it and she translated it perfectly. So it was it was really cool. Wow. Was it a, a fan that had uh, flown over from France, do you know, or just some, a French speaker or...? I don't remember. I didn't get to talk to them. Not sure about that. I don't think they specifically said they'd travelled or anything. I think maybe they just knew that Andrea spoke French maybe. or I'm not sure, but I don't think they specified they were from France or anything. No, cool, cool. Yeah, she tried to say that it, her French was a bit rusty and I don't even remember what the question was, but, um, yeah, she answered it well and, and they were all cheering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, yeah. That's cool. There is Simon one uh, on on answer question. There is some one answer, on on answer question that I wrote, and uh, I I wrote it twice, but it, it it never came up. Which was basically, what can I do to make you love me? And it was directed to Andrea. <laughs> so I wrote it twice, and I I guess the 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 answer for that one would be something like, I would love to love you like you do to me, right? So it was cool, but I, I didn't get it. But I I got to those kisses so. That would be more than enough for me. Yeah, I, I think the other answer may have been just bring flowers to us. You've got you've had a green light from Sharon to bring flowers now, so yeah, there you go. And wine, because there was a question: um, Guinness or Kilkenny? And the band didn't really know what Kilkenny was. I didn't even know what that is. And then Sharon said, "Wine." <laughs> <laughs> so that's her preference. <laughs> nice. I'm partial to both, personally. Wine and Guinness, that is, not Kilkenny. Is there any questions that you wrote down, Wendy or Rachel, that that you wish had been answered, that you don't know the answer to still? I will say that they didn't 
quite answer my question in the way that I was sort of hoping. Like I thought they'd unveil some kind of amazing songwriting technique. Um, but, I, you know, I'm still happy the way it went. What about you, Rachel? Um, I guess the question that I wanted to know and that I that I wrote down but wasn't asked is just something that I'd be always interested to know is how do you how do you manage coming from doing a huge show with you know 20,000 people and the buzz and the excitement how do you go from that feeling to going back to a normal daily life like is it is it a relief to have it over and done with and have you know some calm or is it just you know how do you go from the high to to the to the mundane really and and make that work in managing your own life and things because um, I would just think always think that must be an amazing feeling like when I went in 2016 it was the end of a tour and they'd been traveling for you know a month you know doing shows everywhere and then the next day I know for me like it was just as a fan I was like oh it's over now like for me it was a strange feeling but for them I wonder you know what what does that feel like for them and and how do they manage that contrast between both worlds that seem so different Mm -hmm. yeah that that's yeah I hope you get to the opportunity to ask that again or maybe they'll reach out listening to this and be like I need to answer that we can only hope (laughs) yeah I mean it's just it just be interesting to me because you just think of of it being just such a such a contrast between having this absolute buzz and high and excitement of you know all these people adoring you and loving you and being in that moment to just going back and you know being a, a parent or you know mm. doing your shopping and the normal things like do those normal things you know does it feel good to do those normal things or does it feel like just so boring in comparison I don't know yeah it's it'd be interesting to know cool question very cool question yeah that would have been a good question the other two questions I would have liked to have asked and I sort of hoped I could do this at the meet and greet but it was like a factory line so there was no time but I would have asked who wrote Chasing Shadows because I really love that song and I suspect it's a Sharon song but I would have liked to know the answer to that and secondly, had they heard of the cause cast? <laughs> oh, that would have been that would have been an interesting question. Well, hopefully one day they will be able to positively answer that with, "Of course we have." Like, why wouldn't we? This is this is such an amazing work, and they have the most amazing people on there that talk so passionately about our work. So yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, good question, Wendy. Good question. Well, another question, just just the fact that it's it's kind of uh, weird to me, and it was also weird for Rachel, that there were people that came to the they they went to the Q and A, but not to the concert. Oh, so wow. it was like like really, I, I mean like like perfectly well. It, it was it was so weird because honestly, it, it would be really hard for me to choose between those. I mean that's why I got both. But to be at the question at the Q and A and not not at the concert, it's kind it's kind of weird. I mean, it's, it's not something that you expect to happen. Probably, I would say that's not possible, but it happened. I didn't consider that. I didn't consider that. Um, but I guess other people may have had family commitments or you know others they're caring for, unable to travel. There'll be loads of reasons for that. And, and if you could only do one, you'd you'd and you couldn't choose, and it had to be that first one or nothing then yeah, I guess you'd go. But um, wow, yeah, I hadn't considered that. That is that is puzzling to to see them there and be able to 
have a meet and greet, but then not see see them do what they do so well and uh, to be in that um, concert uh, in such a lovely environment. So strange. Um, I think that leads leads us on really well um, to finally talk about the big part, which is is the concert itself after uh, 21 years of not being on Australia to suddenly being at a concert, all set up, stadium filling. Prior to that, I'd love to hear about getting to that from the Q&A, because is that where where the kind of the synergy of, of you three come together? Or was there like groups of fans going in different cars and buses? And how did it, how did it work out? Who wants to chip in on this? So we actually met at the Q&A. Um, so lovely Rachel here came up to me at the end because I also went by myself. Um, and yeah, she just came up and said, hi, are you here by yourself too? And I said, yes. And, and she said, you know, I'm Rachel. And she used to be a member of the Cause Club um, website, I think formerly known as Cause Board. Um, and I said, oh, yeah, I, rem- I remember your um, username from then. And so we got talking about, you know, our, our long, long time fandom of the Cause. And then afterwards, after the meet and greet ended, um, you could go upstairs to, was it upstairs or to another little bar outside? And then um, we met Francisco there and, and he, he was, he was telling everyone, he's like, look, he was showing photos of Andrew Court. He's like, look, I've been kissed by this, this lady. <laughs> yeah. So we met sort of, yeah, towards the end of the meet and greet. Well, I, I met these two that way anyway. Wow. That's so cool. Um, Francisco, it, can we can we have a, a confirmation or denial of that? Actually, that vicious rumor that you were doing that is is actually true or true? <laughs> okay, no judgment, no judgment. You were just trying to prove it to yourself and keep it in your memory, like right. this actually happened. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I was just showing that. I already sent that that video to all my friends. I, I have from different different camera views from from a couple of people that were around so so i i mean it's when when you go to sleep you just wake up and you say okay it was a really nice dream did that really happen and then yeah. you recheck it again just to make sure that nice so that was <laughs> i'm glad you're certain it happened. yeah i can tell you that rachel that night told me hey how are you going to be how are you going to get there and i said i don't know but I, I, one thing that i know is that i'm going to be there so she told me okay Probably, probably I can pick you up and we can go. So that's why I, I told you she became an angel. So it was so great. But we had a, a really, a really nice ride. To be honest, it, it was a really confused for me because I mean, for you it's really, really, really particular that you have your wheel on the other side. But I was trying all the time to go on the wrong side because of I mean, you just flip the, the the wheel from the side. But we were talking about the course. We were just sharing so many stories. Uh, I mean, for the almost two hours that we got to, to be there, we talked a lot. I mean, probably there were no more than 20 seconds of silence. I mean, we, wow. we, we have a lot, a lot to say. And really, I, I mean, Richard became my, 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 my number one friend over here at Australia. Uh, I, I really, I really thank for the opportunity. So not to hear great music, but also get to know great people like Rachel, like Wendy. And now you, Simon, that, that I'm sure we're going to be in contact. Oh, that's that. So it's so lovely to hear that story. Um, and no, thank you, Francisco. It was, it's lovely to meet you. Um, and it's it's yeah, the uh, the generosity of others in the same situation that have the ability to then move people. It's just so needful in those gigging times and and 
or especially if there's rows of gigs or concerts it's yeah those people are absolutely core to the the, the situation no pun intended um so Wendy, how did you travel from the q a to the gig in the end i got the train so um, Rachel did offer me a lift as well, but I had some family staying in Sydney at the time. So I got to catch up with them, which is really, really lovely. Mm. And then I got a train from Sydney Central to Newcastle. Um, so it was a couple of hours, but a beautiful trip, like through, you know, beautiful nature. And then there was another light train to my hotel. So I saw a couple of people at the train station and asked if they were going to the cause and they said yes. And they happened to be from Melbourne, came up for the gig. And I said to them, you know, what are you expecting? And the the man said, oh, I, I don't really know what to expect. Maybe a thousand people, maybe a couple of thousand people. And I said, I, I thought I heard it could be up to 20,000. And he said, I had no idea. Um, so just like connecting with people just randomly mm-hmm. was really nice. Um, yeah. So once I got to Newcastle, I had about an hour there um walked along the harbor a little bit stunning day and then I got the the rover coaches like the official coaches that go to the to the winery um and so that was about 30 or 40 minutes um again through beautiful nature on the way so it was all very a lovely day out it's lovely I remember you uh specifically messaging me while you're in Newcastle and I'm I'm just like living vicariously through that journey I was like oh I was counting down the hours because of the time difference here in the UK I was like oh it's then and are the, are the calls on stage yet? I'm like, oh, I was really excited just being at home, just waiting for the feed of everything coming through. I'd seen pictures and video clips on Instagram, et cetera, various social media of the meet and greet. And then I saw people's like lanyards and people buying programs and stuff. And people would just like print out some tickets. And I'm like, I should have gone. <laughs> I so should have gone. But hey, anyway, um, so you, you all arrive in your in your own time. Uh, Francisco and Rachel have had an amazing car journey. Um, you all get to the venue. Are you, are you, did you all get to the venue early? Yeah, we got we got that we got at uh, four o'clock. Yeah, and to be honest, I became a fan of other Australian band that I really. I, I, as soon as I, I I saw them, I really liked them. They were they were so, so cute and they were so good. Which is called uh, Germain. Germain, yeah, Germain I've is, seen them live. It, it, it was so cool because I, I mean I, I told Rachel, hey, I think the the point of this is that I really like family bands because all of them are sisters. So I mean siblings on the side of the courts, the 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 sisters on the side of of Jermaine, and, and they are really cool. So we went there for and well, we were just listening to Wet and Wet, Wet Wet Wet, uh, and the rest of the groups, and it was it was really really fun. It was stunning. I mean it was really really sunny. Rachel asked me, hey, can we go just go to the shadow? And we got, got went to find shadow because I mean it was really, really hot and we were all the venue and just come. It's it's so cool that you um you mentioned Jermaine specifically because I, I love their music. Um I've got their last two albums. Um and I got into them through Sharon. Uh because Sharon endorsed them uh on their not their latest album, but the previous one, because she played violin on two tracks for them. Um, she played violin on Please Be Okay and How Can I Close My Eyes on, when they were known as the Jermaine Sisters back then. Um, and one of the tracks on the album actually is featuring vocals from her, their brother as well. 
um but they've played over here in the uk and i've seen them live and said hi and stuff in the past and they've been really down to earth and some of their music is really really amazing um and they've just signed last year to solo agency that's how they got on the billing for this so it was like a a meeting of minds and a a small cause connection that i was able to ask them about as well which is really cool um because they've looked up to the cause as a family type band have you said as you said uh francisco uh, for many, many years since they were little. So it's it's come full circle. Them now supporting the family band that inspired them so much to begin with was, yeah, it was great to see them as a late billing. I was like, brilliant, just absolutely perfect. That does remind me of a question in the Q&A about the sibling voices blending together. And I know the cause have touched on this before, but they expanded a little bit. And they said when the sisters used to record the vocals, the more and more vocals they'd pile on, the thinner the sound got because the sound was so, so close. So they would have to record the vocals like a little bit of out of time with each other just to, to make it feel like it had that volume. So I just wanted to bring that up because that was a really special moment too. Just further to that, it was, um, I think it was Richard Wilkins that mentioned there was a quote from the Bee Gees about something special about when siblings sing together. I think that's what it was and um, just the harmony that siblings have when they sing together and I think Jim then commented on something about hearing the girls when they when the girls were doing their part he just said it's just magic couldn't agree more but then I love I love hearing Jim sing as well I love the difference that his voice brings to to a harmony mix it's yeah yeah I'm sure Wendy could go on about that forever I think someone asked Jim like when when is he going to be the front man and and he laughed and he said, "No, other than a few vocals here and there, I'm not I'm not the front man." <laughs> we'll we'll leave him to do what he does best, which is a lots of everything else, lots of everything else. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Francisco, I I happen to have a picture of a set list from the gig. Do you have Andrea's set list from this gig? No, I I have I have the James, oh, okay. James set list, and the one from Andrea came from another guy. Uh, for some reason, it's it's at the at the top. I mean, we are inferring that it's it's from from her. It says wife. It didn't say Andrea. So, so yeah, we, we're not sure why it says that either way. But the one that I have says Jim, and yeah, I, I got it with my staff. And it's a it's a the, the full list of the twenty great songs that I really love them. So one thing that you, that people will notice on that, and I was really surprised, is that there is no Jupiter calling songs at all. It, it, it was it was it was kind of a strange. There's the, the the twin songs. Just to be really quick, it was the give me a reason, forgiven. What can I do? Dreams. Dreams was performed grateful. Bring on the night radio, little wing. Ellis Island, no frontiers. It was a surprise for everybody to hear no frontiers because at least I have seen them twice. And this, I, I thought probably not in my life I would be able to see that alive. But no frontiers from Sharon Colony was so delightful. Then summer sunshine, join of join of life, love to love you, only when I sleep, white light, queen of Hollywood, so young, and I never love you anyway. And then, after they just came back from saying goodbye, they ended up with runaway, breathless, and toss of feathers. So I would say twenty songs that you can hear in exact order that were so so good to to be there and to be able to hear that from our favorite bands. Thank you for that rundown. That's really helpful. Um, gives us a good kickoff to to discuss, maybe not in depth, entire tw- all 20, as much as we'd love to be here for another four hours talking through every song and its variation of how they portrayed it to us after this, this many years. Um, but I've heard some clips online and seen some videos shared and stuff. And 
to begin with, Give Me a Reason seemed really jarring and odd to me, but I do love it. I do love what they've done with it there. Does anybody have any um, thing that comes to mind about that f- coming, you know, the, the, the band is appearing on stage and then realizing that what they're starting to slowly perform piece by piece as the, each instrument comes in is actually Give Me a Reason. W- was that a strange choice for you to hear? You know how they play music over the speakers before the band comes on? At one point, the music stopped and the audience started applauding because we all thought that the band was coming on. And then, and then the, the, the music started again and everyone was like, oh. Um, yeah, and then when the band started to come out and, you know, it started with drums and lights flashing and then um, Jim playing that piano part of Give Me a Reason. And in that big open space in the dark, under the under the stars um with with all the sort of reverb it was really sort of eerie and ghost-like in a good way or at least that's how I felt and so that was a really kind of nice way to start I thought and it's one of my favorite songs as well um yeah I didn't expect it songs were some of them more um haunting or or minor songs I guess you could say but it was really nice and it was really beautiful and then Andrew came on he'd sort of spin around the stage it was yeah quite otherworldly I thought mm, mm. yeah now you mentioned it like give me a reason forgive not forgotten uh what can I do dreams that yeah there's that kind of that kind of echoey eerie take on some of those quite easily mashing together and how Francesco said that there's no Jupiter calling songs on there it's like well, I guess it was promoted that they'd be doing the songs that they were known for. But interesting, though, I guess they've got to make the cuts somewhere and going going with those crowd pleasers and the ones that are known most and that have had the most life as a song, as a little child that they've brought into the to the, the world to listen to. I guess that makes sense in that regard. Rachel, um, I hear that you had an incredible seat. Tell us, tell us more. Where, where were you sat? I did. I was so fortunate to have the best seat in the house. So I was I was wrapped when I saw my seat. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it, but you know, obviously, it's everyone's dream that they get that position. And for me, it was just couldn't couldn't have wished for better being front center, right in front of Angia. So that was very cool. Um, for me, the standout set list items. I mean, I was just so wrapped to hear some of you know my old favorites that I didn't expect. Never thought I would hear uh, Little Wing being played live and Love to Love You, of course, and No Frontiers, absolute highlights. Um, just things that I weren't expecting. I, I wasn't expecting to hear those ones at all, I don't think. It just didn't cross my mind that that would make a set list 
these days. Mm. Um, would have loved to have heard songs from Jupiter Calling. Um, I've been desperate to hear those live as I wasn't able to um, attend the Royal Albert Hall gig um, in 2017. I would have loved to have been there, but just been desperate to hear those songs live because I think Jupiter Calling is just such a beautiful album. Um, but I think it comes down to Australian um, promotion for that album. Just to be honest, it didn't really happen here. Mm. Um, there was there were no interviews, there were no broadcasts, there was no you know no announcements in a public sphere. Like you know, no magazine articles about it. And to me, I was a bit disappointed because. It's just such an amazing album. And I think having the success that they had, you know, with previous albums in Australia, I think it really would have been really well received if people had have known about it. And yeah. and I guess that's part of the reason why, you know, the songs were excluded from this gig because, you know, the the people that were at the gig wouldn't have even really maybe known about those songs compared to all the songs that, you know, people have known in the past. So, I mean, for even for me, the women sitting next to me in front row, you know, they were obviously very excited to be there and big fans and so forth. But I think it was, you know, Bring on the Night came on and they didn't even know it. And I was I was flabbergasted to think, you know, they were obviously big fans and yet, you know, they've missed maybe the last 10 years of music. So I was really surprised and I was saying, oh, you've just got to go and go home and listen, go listen, you know, you've got, you've got, you know, at least two amazing albums to catch up on that, you know, that you will absolutely love. And yeah. for me, I guess I was a bit surprised by that because for me, you know, there's no question that, I've, you know, I'm on top of all the new songs whenever they come out. And, but for people who are obviously there loving the cause, I was just, I almost felt a bit disappointed that they'd missed out on these two albums, um, White Light and Jupiter Calling, because for me, they're just, amazing albums and I guess that shows why they were these songs were excluded from from this set list but um I think the set list that they put together was brilliant I, I loved it um but yeah maybe having some of those songs just would have been even better for me but um certainly yeah every every song was just brilliant and they were just even better than you know I've heard in the past there was no you know they, the way they performed and everything was just amazing there was you know it was faultless and it was um, oh, lovely. yeah it was great francisco any anything to add any kind of highlights from the track yes, list? well just just to to reinforce the the thing about jupiter calling i mean you and myself we, we had the opportunity to see that in 2017 on the real Tower Fair. and we saw andrea with the ukulele so that was one thing that i was really expecting i mean uh, Andrea playing the playing the, the instrument in front of us, apart from the whistle for sure. And if you remember two years ago, just at the beginning of the lockdown, Andrea performed from her house the moon dance. I mean, she just made a, a live video showing everybody and playing by herself, singing. Mm. Uh, it, it was really a really great moment. So I was quite sure she was about to play the ukulele. I, I mean, that was something that it was, I mean, there was no doubt about that to happen and, and it didn't so it, it was it was it was kind of kind of kind of weird like hey what's going on with that but well it happens one thing that i can tell you uh and this is going to be unbelievable there is videos that you can see once again i can show the videos uh and what happened is that uh, during the runaway uh, i was i was just by, by the side of, of rachel I, I got my ticket 
like 21 rows behind because because of of, of a payment transaction my second when i bought the ticket it was it was just hold for like two days and that's why i got the the, the seat 20 rows behind so i was just standing up right there with, with rachel i mean just i, I didn't care about it. i i almost spent probably 90 percent of the concert right there mm. with, with my uh with and stuff and one thing that happened is when andrea was singing uh, runaway we just got eye contact and what i did is i i just send a kiss with my hands and I received it back. So I got the third kiss of the, of the, of the night. It, it was a great thing. And I, 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 said, I just can't believe this. This is too much. I want to have a heart attack or something. But really, it, it, was, it was so delightful. It was so great. Andrea was, she, she was wearing a really wonderful dress. I mean, uh, there's a lot of comments around. And well, I would say that it was, it was just a moment that we enjoyed that much. And well, you saw that on all fans' faces. We were so happy right there. Yeah. It was magic in the end. During Runaway, just you could just tell that they were enjoying themselves. They were really in that moment. Andrew was just looking at the crowd, thinking you could just see that she was overwhelmed with the reception that they got, especially during that song, which was incredible. And I glanced over at Sharon, and Sharon had tears in her eyes. It was really amazing she was just she was looking at the crowd and just sort of shaking her head a little bit just I think she was just in awe of what that moment was because I think it was just she was just caught up in the moment and I saw her and she just she was just looking around and wiped a tear from her eye and I just thought oh it's just it was just a beautiful moment because you could tell that they just really loved being there as much as we loved being there and it was it was special because you could tell that just really moved them. And it was, mm. it was just beautiful to see that real, like, you know, natural expression of, of enjoyment of that moment. It was really special. Because I wasn't there and certainly not that close. I never would have known that. So that's so great that you've been able to, to share that. Um, it's lovely to know that they know that they can receive a welcome like that, even after five years of not performing and 21 years in that country alone, that, that's yeah it must mean a lot to them it must mean a lot to them and they've obviously felt it so it was quite funny I remember in one of the songs that they were getting pe the audience to sing along it was either Runaway or possibly even um Love to Love You but so the audience was all singing along and Andrew did this sort of like back arch movement as though like the as though the sound was washing over her and that I don't know that was kind of spine tingling to see to just She's like just taking it all in. It was really, really beautiful. Wonderful. At the end of Runaway, she said, uh, Andrea said something like, she said, oh, that was lovely. I could hear your accents. And then she said, Runaway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. If you watch, you can watch, there's a couple of clips of it online now and it's quite funny. Cool. Just that Aussie accent. There is a highlight and a, and a really important one that happens uh, on a pod when Andrea just starts saying, hey, we haven't been here for a while, 20 years ago. And, and this, is, this is an important message. And she said, we should come, come, come pretty, pretty soon, right? Do you want us to come next year? So she made a promise that we should come. Uh, and she said that to the 13,000 people that were at the Hope State. And everybody was yelling, everybody was so happy. 
So I, I already have an invitation from Rachel to go to Melbourne. Melbourne, she said, it's, it's an lovely place. So I, I, I probably, I, I need to start saving money because they are coming back next next year. And I'm quite sure it's gonna be all concerts all around the world. Hope to America at least, probably sometimes Mexico, but definitely Australia. Well, I'm in love with Australia. I have been here for almost more than a week and mm -hmm. I, I will stay until, until next Monday. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, it's a great news for all Australian people that tours are coming again. It's not gonna take another 21 years. No. It's gonna take 360 and five days for them to come all the way back over here and touch our hearts again. God, that's yeah. The there was there was social media buzz on sort of Twitter and Instagram that you know the 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 course that that they're coming back. They're coming to to Australia again, and I'm like, what? What is this? Yeah, I really, you know, if it's a series of dates just in Australia, I'm coming. I'm going to be there. Don't you worry. I'm definitely coming over. Um, I'll look after you, Simon. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you very much. Can you imagine the little tour bus we'll have? This is going to be great. It's going to be great. But if it's if it's not, you know, I've got more of an excuse to go to Australia to see them now. I've never seen him play on Australia. So that's, yeah, maybe that's one on the bucket list. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I guess we'll have to watch this space for for more more details and more dates. But oh yeah, another tour would be great. Would be really really good. Really, really the good. crowd roared when when Andrea said that when she said, "Oh, how about we come next year?" And it was huge cheer. That was that was a great moment. There was a, there'd been an interview with Jim and an interview with Sharon prior to the the concert that seemed to suggest that their promoters had been onto them regarding a um, another Australian date next year. Or, or a tour of some sort. So I'm assuming that's in the promoter's hands now to, to make that a reality. Um, now, you know, the with, with lockdowns and COVID being uh, not too much of a long distant memory, but at least stuff is, is back to a, a new type of normality. Um, they've got no excuse now. So yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, definitely. There was also, for me, it was a, a good moment during Breathless, uh, was toward the end of the set list. I think it was after they they went off stage and they came back for their encore. Um, I just loved it because I think throughout the throughout the first half of the the concert, um, the crowd was more sort of you know staying in their seats and you know singing along and being involved, but it wasn't you know everyone up and dancing mm -hmm. and everything. But by the time Breathless came on, the crowd went so wild. And for me, like because I was at the front the seats um there was like a barrier that was you know just in front of us um but i remember just during breathless francisco and i were right at the barrier and then all around us like people had come from the back and they were surrounding us and you know people wow. were standing on my chair and it was <laughs> the excitement was so electric it was just amazing everyone was jumping around to breathless and the crowd at that point was just going so wild and it was just for me, I just thought it was the best because it was just, you know, everything was just amazing. But it was just a really great moment seeing the crowd had just, you know, come forth, standing up, standing on the chairs, you know, blocking everyone else's view. But yeah. everyone was just having the best time. It was so good. Sounds amazing. I was, I was in, I was there. I had a bit of apprehension regarding like, oh, it's at a winery. Is this going to be like a, a more of a formal event and a sit down kind of event kind of thing? But I'm I'm glad that moment happened where there was uh, the the emotion of of seeing the band live just let it all loose and um, people let their head down a bit. That's so cool. 
It was great. It was the atmosphere was just fantastic by the end of it. I mean, I wish that sort of, you know, that buzz had started earlier because that's how I was feeling. I wanted mm -hmm. everyone to be um, caught up in it. But by the end, it was just it was it was quite amazing. Cool. Cool. It was I was sitting back in the D section, which was the last section where you could have seats. And then after that was um, people on picnic rugs. And somewhere around the time of Hollywood, there were a couple of ladies a few rows in front of me who were who wanted to be up dancing during the songs. And then they had people behind them yelling, sit down, sit down. And then they were turning around going, no, we paid for our seats. There are other people up and dancing. And so this kind of fight broke out. Wow. <laughs> I think that was not, was not the best part of the concert for me because I, rem I remember, you know, I was so hyped up for the first few songs and then, and then this kind of fight broke out. And, and so during Queen of Hollywood, like my mood dropped a little bit, but then it, it, it came back up because, you know, then they were singing so young and everyone was, was singing along and then they came back for the encore and did Runaway and Breathless. Um, and then by the time Breathless was up, I think, I think everyone was up and dancing by then, certainly by um, the final instrumental. So we did get up dancing by the end, but yeah, there was a little uncertainty about whether or not to stand or sit. <laughs> I've, um, I've been to both type of venues to see the cause and it's always strange to, especially in the UK, that's usually seated. It's, it's almost always seated and you get your row, you get your, and to try, you know, to try and get others up and to, to experience the music and be visibly responsive to that music can be very tricky, very tricky. But by, by the encore and toss the feathers, there's, there's no, there's no one in their seats. The, the cores do that themselves. That, that ramp up is serious. It's amazing. Um, one thing we, we haven't touched on, uh, which was a world first is that this show was supported by 500 drones. And I, and I, I pictured it in my mind. I was like, how is this going to work? What, what on earth is this going to look like? And now I've seen some pictures and some videos. I was like, wow, with such an open landscape to the left and the right to be able to see that. T tell me, what, what were these drones like and how did they add to the atmosphere and, and everybody's experience? Uh, Francisco, please. Well, probably Wendy is the one that is going to answer this question because Rachel and myself, we were we were at, at the front, but we we didn't see a thing. I mean, <laughs> not a, we, we, we saw the we saw the drones on the videos. Days after they happened, but at that at that time we said, "What happens with the drones?" And they were amazing, but believe me, we were like face to face with Andrea, with Caroline, with Sharon and Jim, that we, we didn't get to, to see a light of those. Wow. You didn't even see one of the 500 drones. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'll answer that question then. Um, it was funny through the night because obviously you could see the stars where I was sitting and then there'd be a few little lights around the place, which I assume were other people's drones. And, and so the people sitting next to me and I were sort of saying, is that the drone show? We're not sure. And um, then when the band came back for the encore, you could see out to the left. And so to the left was, was a, so just to give you a sense of the space, um, to the right was sort of like hills and rolling landscape. To the left behind the stage, there was a lake. And then to the left was a, a vineyard. And so you could see off to the left, like these rows of these lights kind of lifting up from the ground. And it was quite spooky in a good way. And then they started to go into these formations. So I think they started off with um, spelling out the name of the band, The Cause, 
I think it may be rotated around. I also didn't have the best view because um, there was a giant kind of scaffolding structure where they, they, I think they have the spotlights on. So that was a little, that was obstructing my view a bit, but yeah, they spelt out the cause and then they went into the various instruments of the band and also the, the silhouettes of the band. And, um, and then right at the end, it was the names of the band. And before that was like a picture of the globe ro- rotating. So I didn't really think about the drones at all before I went in and it really was like quite spectacular and futuristic because I've never seen a drone show like that before. So it was off to the stage. So you couldn't like watch the stage and then watch the drones at the same time. But yeah, it was, again, a really powerful moment because this was the first time they'd been back in 21 years because they just announced that they would come back and you're in this grand open space and then these drones, this really futuristic sort of things happening in the sky. It was, it was very powerful. Wow. So it's definitely worth watching the videos online for that. And just to add to the topic of it being an outdoor space, there was this really special moment where they were talking about their parents and then they sort of put their, Andrew put her arm up to the sky, um, you know, sort of signaling that their parents are up, up there somewhere and being in that outdoor space, that was really like really special too. That's really cute. That's really, really cute. Yeah. When you could see the stars and yeah. Oh, amazing. It's fine tingling stuff. Ooh. I'd just like to thank Francisco for buying me this cause cap. (laughs) There was a really long line to the merch desk. And I said to him, I'm deciding, you know, maybe I'll get a cap or something. And then I decided against it because the line was so long. And then I got, I went and saw Rachel and Francisco at the end of the concert because I knew they were down the front. And um, he's like, I've got your cap. I'm like, that's so nice. Um, Yeah. I mean, there was no way you you will not have it. So that's for sure. Thank you. Oh, that's so kind. So kind. She said to me, when they told me, hey, Francisco, here you have have $10. Or tell me how much was for that. And I told her, hey, Wendy, there's not enough money in the world for you to pay for this. I mean, this is, just a person from fan to fan just saying thank you for being here thank you for following this amazing band wow i kept saying can i pay you back and he goes it's priceless (laughs) it's priceless right it's priceless it is and because of that it's even more so now right it's really cool well maybe maybe next year you'll have the opportunity to return the favor yeah we'll see yeah Yeah. for sure maybe I just, I just want to add that the Cause fans are just some of the nicest people ever. I really believe that they have the most amazing fan base, really. Um, and, you know, it's everyone looks out for each other. It's amazing. Like even Francisco, something amazing that he did when he booked his ticket, he booked two tickets. And then there was a, a fan that came from Thailand and she was sitting right out the back, maybe even a picnic seat. And Francisco said, here. Yeah have this ticket. It's right, you know, close to the front. You'll love it. And I just thought, oh, that is so kind and so lovely to to do that and think about how amazing that would have made that person feel that, you know, they're right at the back and suddenly they've got this, you know, prime position. And I think, you know, that's so kind. And I think the kindness, you know, it comes around and it's, it's to me, I feel like it's really special because to me, these fans that I've met, you know, here and overseas as well, it's just, there's just something so lovely about these people that we all share this passion, but just genuine, amazing, kind people. And, mm. you know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't find, you know, you meet people every day, but to find this connection and to find this, 
you know, just such kindness in these people to me, I think it's just so special. And I think that's, that's something to be celebrated as well, because I think that's unusual to me. And to be clear, Rachel, I, 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 I didn't use at all any of those to pick it. Well, any of those two seats, because she was with another, with another friend. They just sit over there. But there was, there was no way I, I would watch the concert from the 21 row. I mean, there, there was no way. So the, the, the security guards keep on telling me, move to your seat, whatever you do. And that happens to be our, Rachel and myself, we got our VIP passes that we have like a, like, like, like a stamp from the, from the day before. And some of the guards thought we were like a special VIP guest. So there was a guard that told me, hey, you need to go back. As soon as she saw the, the, the VIP, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you're AAA. And I said, yeah, 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 don't bother me. So, so I, 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 just, I just left over there. Uh, it, was, it was so, so great. It worked that way. Well, at the beginning, at the queue, there was long queue to get in. And since we have those, we just jump over. The security guard said, hey, you can come over here. And, and then Rachel and myself, we just go through. To to skip the line, it, it was so funny. We said, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." We, we, we were the VIPs, and and, and it worked. It, it worked in such a great way. So I will, basically, I would say it was a little hard, but I spent ninety percent of the concert just by side with Rachel, and just in front line, the best seat, and it was just delightful. The way it worked. That, that is an incredible and wonderful story and i wholeheartedly agree with everything you tried to do and succeeded to do um and i will bracket all of that with the caveat that causecast is not condoling um not abiding by the rules of the venue in which you may or may not see the cause next year um and that they are there for everyone's safety so please abide by them <laughs> absolutely absolutely but if you can get front row get front row just to add to that, Francisco and I weren't trying to use our pass for benefits. They just saw it on us and said, oh, excuse me, come this way. <laughs> and then we looked at each other and we're like, what, serious? <laughs> so it was, it, we, weren't, we weren't trying to be, we weren't trying to, um, to use it to our benefit. It just so happened that because we were wearing them, uh, it worked that way. <laughs> Can I quickly talk about Only When I Sleep? Mm-hmm. So a few of the songs had had a different beginning to what are on the recordings and Only When I Sleep was probably the most noticeable in that there was quite a long um, unveiling before anyone worked out what the song was. Um, so I've not seen that on videos before. It may have been the same at Royal Albert Hall. I'm not sure. Um, so there are a few, yeah, a few of the intros were a bit mysterious at first, but that was really nice. in I would love to love you um at one point Andrea stopped singing I think during one of the verses and there seemed to be some communication happening on stage and at the end she said I was trying to tell the sound people to turn up 
Caroline in my, I think in her fallback and Caroline thought Andrea meant that she wanted her to stop playing. <laughs> and so Andrea said, oh, Caroline thought I meant to stop playing, but I would never mean that of Caroline. And and they did say it's been a very long time since we've played that song. So it was, there were a couple that were like a little bit shaky, but mm. um, you know, that's understandable. And they're, they're probably really jet lagged as well. And there were little like quips that Andrea would make during songs. So I think one of the songs, you know, I haven't slept at all in days. And Andrea says to Jim, it's true. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I think Rachel and I were talking about how any of the songs that had the word hope in it, Andrea would go estate afterwards. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, just me at the Hope Estate in Summer Sunshine. And there was a, they also talked about the weather. They said, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be here. It's not, you know, we're happy to to leave winter behind. And they said, Ireland is not like this at all because it was a, they were really lucky with the weather. It was a wow. beautiful sunny day. Um, yeah, so, 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 you know, you could tell that Andrea was genuinely having the time of her life. Well, a really, you know, she's had a lot of good times, but a really special time. And um, a friend of mine who also flew down with his partner, he said, they were really giving as a band on stage. They weren't just going through the motions. Mm. Um, I couldn't see, you know, Sharon crying as Rachel mentioned, but you could see the energy that Andrea was giving. Certainly she was like twirling around back and forth from stage and, and dancing around. And in one of the videos you can see online, she's so like seductive in the way that she performs and she's just so charismatic with the audience. And you don't get that very often. Like you can see why she is a worldwide star um and her voice sounded amazing and yeah really special wonderful yeah to see them perform live is just next level I think it's just that as Wendy was saying it's the whole show put together that you know the combination of all the different elements coming together it's just incredible so for those people who came to the meet and greet and then didn't come to the show I just thought oh you're really missing out you have to see them live because there's nothing there's nothing better than seeing them do what they do best and being there to be part of it. Absolutely. And I think, Rachel, one of the key things about all of this is that they're doing all of this just because they want to do it, because they enjoy to do it. They're not making this for money. They're not making this just to get, no, no, no. They are just sharing what they do the most, what they love the most as a family. I mean, they have said that a lot of times that before a band, they are a family. So that's really, really important. So the whole concept that we have, I, I, I show Rachel and also Wendy, I have made analysis of the lyrics and the most common word in the course songs and the course lyrics is love. That's the most common word. So that's a lot to say. And definitely, well, this is what you get. I, I, I can tell you, my life is much, much better thanks to the music of the course. So positive mind, positive mindset, all, all the sharing, this this kind of conversation that we are having right now, mm. just for people all around the world, just sharing the stories with talking about positive things. I believe it's it's really important, and that's all because of these four siblings. Yeah, completely. It's uh, they're entirely responsible, um, and and in, all of our lives are better for that. And um, I'm sure many that are like currently listening as well, all over the world. I would love to to tell you a little about the the Thursday before the the Q and A. So when they perform at the Opera House, okay, it's just in a quick story. 
And there was only uh, playing, it was Andrew, uh, Anton, uh, Anton, it was Jim, it was Caroline, and it was Jim, okay? And they were playing uh, those of feathers once and again, once and again. They played like 20 times, okay? Wow. It was, it was, it was so, so, so strange that I got to, to go there because I have a ticket for the opera at the opera house at seven. And I, I was on my way to the opera house because I, had, I got a ticket. So I saw on Jim's Instagram, hey, we're, we're about to, to play some songs just around the opera house. And I said, come on, I got, I got a ticket at that time. So it took probably less than five seconds for me to decide, okay, you're not going to the opera house. You're gonna, you're gonna miss that. So I, I went over there, they were playing. It was, it was so amazing because I, I got to, to, to face just like one meter, two meters away from Caroline and from Sharon. And it was so funny because I was watching them playing. They, they were playing for, for a TV show. So they were playing Toss of Feathers once and again. And suddenly I just turned back and I saw a kid. And a really tall guy, and I say, that's Keith. I, 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 I went all over to him and I say, he too fast? And he said, yeah, I'm an kid. So, so we keep talking like for 20 minutes. He was really, really cool. I asked him, hey, could you share something with me? Are you gonna, I, and I asked that way, are you gonna play Jupiter Calling songs? Are you gonna play this, this or that song? And he told me, hey, Francisco, you know the answer for that. And you know that I can answer that question to you, but we'll see. And I said, come on, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. Indeed, if I tell anybody, they're not going to believe me. So he said, Francisco, there's no way. And don't <laughs> worry, <laughs> but you will enjoy the show. So we ended up, um, yes, I, I took some photographs with them. And it was really impressive that there was one guy that brought a whole piano for them to get signed. Right there, there was the whole piano. So Sharon, Caroline, and Jim, they sang the piano at the back. And oh, the, there are videos on the, on the web. I also have some of them on the Instagram. So it's, it was really, really cool to have that moment. Uh, fortunately to me, uh, it just went like for half an hour. So at 7.40, I just went to the opera house and I didn't miss a lot. So I got the Fidelio by Beethoven uh, show. It was a delightful, grateful show. I got the opportunity to see the opera house also. And the concert, so everything was just so good, so, so, so great. And I think for this moment of my life, the same, it happens all the time that we, that we watch the course, all the magic, all the pieces just came together and, and it worked. Yeah, you, you scored the hat trick on this, on, this, uh, on this concert, definitely. Yeah, all three, incredible. Um, I saw some of the footage and I saw the the piano being signed and stuff on social media. And I was like, what is, are they near a piano? I didn't realize it was rolled out to them. It must be one of the biggest items that's been sort of pushed their way to sign in quite some time. Um, but yeah, it was strange to not see Andrea there. I think there must've been a late arrival for some promo they were videoing or something. Um, it was very strange, but sounded great all the same. Well, she just arrived the same day the, the, on Friday. So they, they, the Jim, Caroline, and Sharon, they came and the day before, I think Wednesday. But in the case of, of because that's what Jim, Jim put on Instagram, she just arrived on Friday, the same day of the QA. Well, Rachel and myself, yeah, we, we talk about something that, and Rachel, probably you, you, can, you can compliment. Uh, after a show, and it happens to me three times, after a show, you feel that empty feeling 
like nostalgia, like like really melancholy. That that you say, hey, yeah, it was wonderful, it was delightful, but it's not here anymore. So so you you you, you have that that emptiness on your in your heart. Post gig comes keep, down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just keep listening to the songs. It helps. Well, in my case, I went back to to the to the hub state. I took some photographs. I saw a kangaroo with a little with with her little a little kangaroo on. on is it the a back. Jerry? Is it? Is it a Jerry? A kangaroo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw them over there. I, I took a wine taste over there at the Hope State. I got a, a magazine. It was there were magazines of the course right there, like one for free. I think I, I took it. And I, I had a really great moment over there at Hope State, just thinking and remembering. But definitely, I would say that the three times that I have seen them, after the show, you feel empty. You feel like, oh, oh you, you have that, that feeling that, come on, what do I know with this? It takes for me, at least two or three days to, to get to get up on that, but it was it was really cool. So I would say best time of my life, but it will be repeated for sure. So I'm gonna be just being fan as we have been. How about you, Rachel? How do you think about that? Yeah, look, Francisco, I have to agree with you. It was just for me that weekend, the whole thing. You know, traveling to Sydney from home, away from my kids and my normal life, meeting you guys, meet and greet, road trip that we had the most wonderful time driving to the Hunter Valley. We had two hours of singing and just talking and chatting and it was just fantastic. Followed by the gig and just the high of the whole weekend. It was, and I think also just a few months of anticipation leading up to this moment, you know, we'd been thinking about it all this time. Finally, it was here and it was spectacular and it was amazing and it was such a high um yeah the next day it was it was a funny feeling that it was just oh you know we've been looking forward to this and now it's 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 been and gone and now it's you know that's over for now but it it just has that sort of empty feeling that Francisca was saying that it, it does feel a bit strange because you've had this moment to look forward to and you've you've been leading up to it and now you think, oh, well, what now? <laughs> so, but for me, I guess knowing knowing they're coming back uh, just brings me back to think that, yes, I will have this feeling again and, um, you know, we'll have these moments to look forward to as well. And, of course, you know, of course there's other moments in life that are, are brilliant and fantastic in, in many other ways, but there's just something special about having this music that is so special and has been for me, it's been a part of my life for, you know, since I was a child, it's something that's always been there as as a soundtrack for my life, I think. And it's just something that's special and personal to me, not to others around me. This is just something that, that I find really special. So I just can't wait to have that feeling again. And um, I just absolutely can't wait for next year and anything that, that, that may come. Wonderful. Um, and just to, to, add further detail to the the ending of the gig wendy you 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 got a bus home right and i've i've seen yeah. some video clips T tell me about this bus ride home because it sounds like cause fan heaven it was so i got the one of the coaches back to newcastle and there were quite a few coaches leaving from there so um you know there's a little bit of a wait but got on the coach and i just sort of sat at the in one of the front seats and there was a girl next to me who looked like she'd been in heaven and I said oh it'd be nice if we could sing songs on the way back and she was like all keen for it she's like okay and she was going to play them on her phone and 
and we had sort of got the bus singing runaway a little bit and then she she got the driver to put on a spotify playlist on the bus speakers and um at that point the whole bus was just singing along with these core songs the whole way It was it was one of the um, when you go on Spotify and you look at the cause, there's like a fa- fairly standard playlist at the start, but you know it has also songs like "At Your Side," which are a bit more mellow. And that she was telling the driver, "No, skip this song. People won't sing along to this one," <laughs> and something wow. like that. And then there were people in the back yelling out "Summer Sunshine, Summer Sunshine," and eventually it came on the playlist. So for me, who has loved the cause, but you know I have friends that you know maybe like them, but aren't quite as into them as as I am so I kind of have to keep this fandom to myself a little bit but it was so it was so liberating to be on this bus and have this whole bus of people just singing all these songs and this girl next to me was musical as I as am I so we knew a lot of the vocal harmony so we were singing along in harmony and then it turned out she lives about 10 minutes from me in Brisbane (laughs) so you know it could have been like a letdown on the bus on the way home but it was just as much fun as the concert, really. Um, so I wrote a nice little letter to the coach company and to thank the driver because it really made it special that he was willing to put on this playlist and let us all sing along at the top of our voices. <laughs> Incredible work. I'm 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 a little envious that I missed out on the bus ride home, let alone the concert, actually. <laughs> that sounds I can send you more videos. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should took that 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 was Rachel instead, right? I know, because it we sounds amazing. We were looking for something to eat that night. I mean, we were so hungry. But we ended up just looking for whatever is open. So probably we should we should get into that bus. <laughs> shame, shame. You should have just thumbed a lift on the bus instead. Yeah. Abandoned your vehicle. Um, it's It's been such a joy to um, have the ability to bring fans together in this fashion after them meeting because of such a gig and being able to do this bonus episode to hear what the gig was like as a review and it being the first instance to bring fans onto the show which I've wanted since episode one I don't think I could have had three more passionate and understanding and Uh giving fans than you three so thank you so much for coming on I really appreciate it and um we appreciate it's it's like we've got another little community already here which is so cool um if anybody wanted to reach out and ask you questions or ask for any footage you might have taken or pictures and stuff, um, did you want to, each of you in turn, share your your handles for social media or, or whatever you wish? Um, you can say that maybe you don't want anybody to contact you and that you're not going to share them. Um, but yeah, like, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. Well, I I I have a lot of, of videos. I have shared the, the whole videos in high quality to to a lot of people. They are on my Instagram. You have a lot of, of information there. You can download the full photo, the all the photos from the jig, uh, all the photos from the Q and A, and also the, the videos. So basically, on my Instagram, you you're gonna find it like that. The hash the F C O F A L I N A S and number three. FTO Salinas 3. You're going to find it that way and you can download stuff. And feel free to contact me. I'm a really huge fan. 
coming from far, far away. And I'm sure I'll be back over here to these lands, which is a beautiful place to be. I really, I'm really enjoying it. And thanks to all Australian people for, for being so gentle and, and so nice. If anyone wants to find me, I'm on Instagram at Wendy Lang Music. So W-E-N-D-Y-L-A-N-G and the word music. I will have videos up there, I think, by the time this goes to air. I, I literally flew back Sunday morning and went straight to work on a, an event and then have been busy at work since then. So I haven't really had a chance to post too many videos, but I will. And it was also great to meet a few other, you know, members of the cause community there as well, who I know are on Instagram. So it'll be nice to connect with them again too. So if, if you wanted to get in contact with me, my Instagram is Rachel Lewis Photography, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-I-S Photography. And I'd be more than happy to help. Um, if anyone needs any help about Australia or booking things, I'm more than happy to help. It's a promise, right? I think you promise. <laughs> of course, of course. Of, co of course, of course, right? Of, of course. <laughs> of course. I just want to say thank you, Simon, for having us on. This is really meaningful to catch up with Rachel and Francisco again and to, to get their experiences and have that wrap up of, of this amazing experience that we went through. Um, so that's really meaningful to me. So thank you. You're, you're really well. I, well yeah, when, when you mentioned that, like, Oh, it'd be great to see them again. It would be good to sort of to solidify the ending of this experience and then also have it recorded. You know, in three, four years time, you can listen to this back and be like, I want to be remembered of, of that experience. What have I forgotten from that that I really took away from it? And to have it there and recorded with, with like, that's the perfect opportunity for me to get other people on this show that mm. are like-minded and feel the same way. And, and this has been it really has it's been it's been great and it's so hilarious to me that you Rachel were like I don't know how I'm going to put anything into words where you've you've been so clear and expressed so much it's I, it wouldn't have been the same without you in this circle no way thank you thanks thank, thanks Simon that's really kind of you I think I just struggled to put it into words because for me it's just it's such an experience and I just no words I could say could put it, you know, mm. could explain just, just how the whole thing felt and how it was to me. Like it was just the excitement, the buzz, the the shared experience when I met, you know, Wendy, Francisco and others that we met there as well. Just to, to share that passion and excitement. It was just, it was just really, really great. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of Causecast where we've been able to collectively live through others experience of this fantastic return after five years um and i think by the sounds of it and i'm sure you'll agree everybody that's listening it was well worth the wait as always you can contact causecast on most of the social medias all of them are focused from causecast.com the handle on all the other social medias is causecast feel free to get in touch if you have any thoughts on the episode thank you so much for listening and until next time you've been listening to causecast One last thing, there is something that I want, I want to, to have recorded. Rachel, all the way from, from Sydney to Thunder Valley, you were saying, you were doing your woohoo thing. Woohoo, can you do that, do that for me? I, I just love it. Woohoo. That one, I, I, I love it. She was so happy. <laughs>